0: Thank you. Take your Bibles out. That's what we do. Amen. Can you imagine if you didn't have, that was never said. Pull out your Bibles. It's, It's so normal for us. It's life. Right? Take your Bible, and let's read together. Now, this is one of those messages. When I was younger, I saw it after messages like this and tried to preach them but i don't these are not my favorite type anymore for some reason but the testimony of jesus is the spirit of prophecy and if you you should have a desire to know the future god's revealed truth to us prophecy and and so we're going to try to look at some of this tonight uh, it, I couldn't get around it. I, I didn't. This is one of those. I just know this is what God wants me to say, and uh, hopefully we will try to do a good job. You know, never can you do a good job with re- preaching out of the Book of Revelation. But the Bible says, just the reading of it gives you a special blessing. Amen. So you got if we just read a little of it, you're, you're blessed, whether I say a thing or not. Amen. Amen. So we're in Revelation 8. We're going to talk about the three woes, or woe is me. Woe is me. We're in chapter 8 of Revelation. We're going to be in verse 12. And all we're going to do for starters is read verses 12 and 13. Let's stand together. I'll read the first verse, and then we can read the second one all together. Revelation 8, verse 12. And the fourth angel sounded, and the third part of the sun was smitten. The third part of the moon third part of the stars. So as the third part of them was darkened, and the day shone not for the third part of it, and the night likewise. And I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels which are yet to sound. So we see here, In verse 13, that these three woes, and we'll look at them, coincide with the last three trumpet judgments, and interesting that when these trumpets are blown by the angels, it's a voice that comes out of them that brings the judgment upon the earth. We're going to look at the three woes. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I ask that thou wouldst help us tonight to learn from thy truth, to see what is here, and the sobering truth of what is to come we know almost all this we won't have to see but we know it's coming by the eye of faith because these are the true sayings of god and we believe this ask that you would give us faith and anticipation and preparation for the days to come in jesus name we pray Amen. Amen. amen amen you be seated so these are very troubling days and you know, I got to thinking about I think I hear more sorrowful stories than I probably have ever heard in my life. And bad news coming from all different directions, all different walks of life. Uh, you know, I hear more sicknesses probably than I can ever remember. People losing their health. People losing their minds. People losing hope. There's a lot of woe in the world, you know. And I think very few people would say best days of America are right now. Hard to say that, really. I mean, when you've lived a while. And so it's, I think a lot of people, very few of them would say, these are the best days of my life. There's always something bringing on you or coming upon you to where, and people don't use the term woe very much because it's a very strong word. But woe is me. You know, there's a wholesale rebellion against God and the truth going on in the world today. And a spirit, the, the, the spirit that drives the children of disobedience, is driving the world. And they're on a collision course with the God of heaven. And Jesus, which the Bible says is the judge, capital, that's his name, he's coming back from heaven to deal with with mankind. So I hear the term, woe is me. And troubles often. You know, there's this this underlying sadness over all... Even when people display happiness. (coughs) Even when people say that they they smile and they may laugh. There's an underlying sadness there because the Bible says, even in laughter, the heart is sorrowful. And there's a (coughs) cover-up of and most people in this world today they have no true joy now what we're saying they have no true hope now what's going to happen is if they don't get born again like we just read saying they're going to end up going through everything we're about to talk to about right. tonight so let's look at this happiness of man I looked at I thought this and I studied it and it, the happiness hey are you happy okay it's at an alarming decline now I don't know who comes up with the statistics but but they claim that it's declining 6% a year in America alone in these last decades. People are becoming more miserable, more unhappy, more unsatisfied than they ever... Back in the day when people didn't have everything, they were more happy. Because along with all the things that come your way, sorrow comes with it. Didn't God say... The Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow to it. When you get rich in this world, or you accumulate in this world, and it's outside of God, you're getting a heap of of uh, sorrow that comes with it for dessert. Think about this. It's because of social problems, financial problems, health problems like never before, and it's an. But really, it's an over underlying despair of godlessness taking place in the world. So depression is up all-time high amongst humanity. Relationship quality is low, low, low. People hate their job. Job quality is down. There's a sense of hopelessness that is set in. Now think about this. The government, how long has it been? We've been dealing with this about at least a year and a half. The government's told everybody, don't go to work. Right? Stay at home, bat in the hatches, hide out in your house, don't go to work. You know, a huge portion of these people never went back to work. They're still away from work. They're still getting a check sent to their house so they don't have to go anywhere. And so what's happened is they've become addicted to a lifestyle of leisure and laziness, still getting the money to come in. And if you don't work for your profit, you're miserable, wretch. It's what the Bible teaches. Right. There's a sorrow that comes with this and this sense of hopelessness, you know, and addictions. We deal with this all the time. It's at an all time high. You know, people turn to food as their great comfort more so than, and than ever before in history. Because why? I'm sitting at home and I can do nothing. So people develop more appetites for food than they've ever had, and they're very unhappy for it. It's rare when you overeat or eat too much over a long period, span of time where you're happy for it. This is a setup. Social media is an addiction. You know, we, hear, we preach on this all the time. But the, honestly, we're, uh, it's just the truth. We're tired of this. You think about this. People spend more time on that phone then they do, you know, we used to say, you're a bunch of tv You can't get your face off the television. Well, nowadays, you, do, you can't get your face off the telephone. You, it's like there's a, there's a glueness. I don't, I don't there's a glueness there. I can't get my, I'm mesmerized by the telephone. It's real sad. You know, Americans spend more time looking at the phone then they do it: TV, reading books, meditating all together. That's right. It's become that strong. You know, they claim, the average Facebook participant who gets on Facebook has to check it 14 times a day, on average. That's what they say. You may know more than, than where I got my information. Did you know that Harvard studies Big Harvard says that social media is an addiction. Facebook, I don't even know what these are. I've heard them. Instagram, Snapchat, internet, what are, am I missing any? How about your photo library? How many times a day do you gotta look at your pictures? I'm telling you, I'm telling you. There's an, you know what they claim? You get the same kick in your brain by doing this, that a person who's an, who has an addictive or a substance coming into their body, it's the same reaction to the brain. It becomes an addiction, just watch people. It's everywhere you look. Addicts, you know the uh, opioids, completely out of control. And we don't deal with that much here in Uvalde, but I'm sure they're out there. They claim 70,000 Americans die a year from just uh, opioid abuse. You know why people can't cope with life? Right. People need a crutch. They need some aid. They need a medication. They need a vice. These things are coming. You know, and we think in the in the attempt to put down racism, it's at an all-time high. How strange is that? How is that not coincidental? No, it's not coincidental. This is all coming. You know, COVID dominates everyday life everyday conversation americans feel less secure and protected than they've ever felt well this is the age of light why is everybody so afraid all the time and scared for their life and i mean they're they're suspicious of everybody around them it's cuz there's woes coming on the world you know americans are less at peace than they've ever been and the more civilized we are the less civilized we become how strange is that Sorrows are abundant. And so what we have, you see it all, it all whole of the world. They're looking for a golden boy to show up with the answers. To solve the problems in the world and to make 7 billion people happy. Or is it more than that? To, you know, and they're looking for what? The Antichrist to show up. And they're looking for him. And someday He will come. Maybe on the earth now. Someday He will be manifest to the world. I tell everybody here today, be ready. It's going to get worse before it gets better. It will get worse. These are what Jesus said, the beginnings of sorrow. You know, this pressure to get vaccinated. It's a. am telling you, it's a pressure. Is there's a reason for it the pressure to accept sinful lifestyles alien type of lifestyles and preferences Pre- these are, these are uh, calculated by the God of this world because we're on a collision course with eternity you know I'm telling you the lack of stock in the shelves the average American has never seen that before except maybe when a hurricane hits You know, there's nothing on the shelves anymore. And they claim if you want a good Christmas, you better start buying it right now. And don't buy it online. Go down to the store and buy it and because if you order something online, you don't know when you're gonna get it. There's hundreds and hundreds of ships out on the coast of uh, California in the Seattle area and even on the east coast on these huge ports hundreds and hundreds of cargo ships they can't get in to get unloaded there's nobody to unload them because people paid people to sit at home right. and nobody worked work right. if you ordered something you may be sitting a long time just a little uh, what do you want to call that public service announcement yeah. buy your Christmas early so you won't get so, you won't say, Woe is me, when you look under the tree, Christmas Day, and there's nothing there. I'm telling you. Hey, prices are going to rise. Inflation will continue to rise. The giveaways of the government's not going to change. The regulations are going to get more. Life is going to be really, really tough down the line. Now, the uh, spirit of America is changing. They call it the communist America. They're trying to push the godlessness of America. And honestly, woe is me. You know, if a person has any sense and they think about it a lot, they're going to say this. They're going to get depressed. Especially if you don't know your Bible, knowing that these things had to come to pass before the end could be near. You know, you read uh, Matthew 24. The Olivet Discourse. And you see what Jesus said will arise. Everything Jesus said will come to pass on the earth. You know, think about this. The earth has been travailing 6,000 years from the sin of humanity. And wobbling as it goes through space. And it's reeling to and fro. And honestly, it's about to explode because of sin. Because men and, and uh, choose to reject the son of god and honestly the earth can take no more now what's happened is we're well, on the sixth day of the sabbatical week iniquity has come to the full the earth is fed up god's created earth cannot take much more and so what it's going to do is vomit it out it says that it will no more disclose its blood you realize the blood's going to flow like never before Because it's been drinking innocent blood for 6,000 years of slain men and animals. And the Bible says it's coming back up someday. Isaiah chapter 34 teaches us. The whole natural order of creation is unwinding. Men are destroying the earth through sin and rebellion against God. It has nothing to do with utilizing earth's natural resources. Take heed. I would uh, take heed I would take care, but I'd also take a lot of comfort because Indeed. very, very soon, Jesus is coming again. Amen. And you'll get to see your faith become sight. <clears throat> right. And I won't have time to say I told you so to everybody as you're going up because it's happened so quick. Amen. But it's coming. The, the faith will become sight. The Lord will gather us home and we'll ever be with the Lord. So, after we're gone, The Bible says it's that Spirit of Christ that is within us is going with us. So the Spirit of Christ will no longer be on the earth. Therefore, iniquity will have full license upon the earth. The man of sin, the Antichrist, will be revealed. And the earth, all the judgments are going to come. So let me go through these real quickly. Now this is after, thank God, we will be taken up. Now the Bible says that it will begin, this is the seven year tribulation period, this will begin with seven seals being opened. Okay, the seven seals uh, that Jesus will open of the book in heaven. The Bible says the Lamb will be the one to open these seals. He's the only one worthy to open these seals. He's the only one that can. It's the title deed to the earth and it belongs to Jesus Christ. And man don't, does not like that and neither do the fallen angels. The principality, they do not want God's Son to have what is rightfully His. Well, that that scroll is in His hand and it's sealed. He's going to open the seven seals. And what we find in there is it's going to be worldwide sin under the reign of Antichrist on that white horse. Worldwide delusion is going to take place. Then we find that there's going to be worldwide bloodshed and war. Worldwide. Like there's never been seen before Uh, Indicated by the red horse that comes out after that seal is open. Third, worldwide famine and pestilence. We've only seen just a tiny bit. We're talking worldwide. Worldwide death and despair. Did you realize, I studied this, two-thirds of the world's population will die in a seven-year period. Two-thirds. Now, you find out how many people are on the earth right now. Two thirds of them in a seven year span. It's almost impossible to conceive how unbelievably uh, catastrophic this world's gonna be. Now, this will all take place just off the seal of uh, the excuse me, the sealed judgments. Now that's seven seals, and this is not my sermon. There's also seven trumpets that will be blown by seven angels. Now these seven trumpets, here's what will happen with them. And I got, this is really something. It says the first one's going to blow the trumpet and great hell and fire and smoke is going to descend out of the sky and fall on the earth. Hell, blood, and smoke. Can you imagine that type of rain? And what's going on up in the heavens that blood's going to be flowing? I think I know what it is. I think there's war in heaven. There's going to be a lot of angels die like men. There's going to be blood dripping out of the sky on humanity down below. And everybody's going to be yelling out, Whoa is me. Yeah! You got your chance now to receive Jesus Christ. Right, the next one says that one third of all the salt water on the earth is going to turn to blood. A third of all salt water, is going to turn to blood. That means that one-third of all the creatures of the sea are going to die. Can you imagine the smell of that? And all, But just everything that's going to come with that. One-third of every ship on earth is going to be destroyed in this plague. The next one is, one-third of the fresh water destroyed. You know, we've been hearing about a shortage of water my whole life that there's going to be a major water shortage in the future. This, you take away a third of the world's fresh water and see what happens. It's going to be unbelievable what they're going to go through. Get this one. One third of the daylight taken away. We average out at about 12 hours of daylight a day. 12 hours. Take a third of that off and all you get is eight hours a day. Think about that. And then you, you know, it's really something. Eight hours a day to do your life, and you're going. People are going to be dwelling in darkness. Now we're going to come back to the other three uh, trumpets because that's the three woes. All right, but there's also, according to chapter ten and verse four, there's seven thunder voices or thunder judgments. And when John. Decided, I'm going to write these down. The Lord told him, I want you not to write those, seal those. Nobody knows what those are that I'm aware of, even to this day. These are sealed up. This is a seven special thunder judgments upon the earth that no one even knows what's going to take place. These are sealed to humanity. Does that mean that someday that God may open that truth up to people and they'll find out what that is? We don't know for sure, but that adds the seven judgments. And then you have the seven vile judgments which will take place toward the end of the tribulation. These are little vials or little bowls of judgment of God. And the Bible says within them is filled up the wrath of God. It's so pure, undiluted wrath of God upon the earth. Let me give you these real quick. First of all, it's, it's the first one. It says an angel will pour out his vial upon the earth and immediately noisome Grievous sores are going to appear on all those that are not God's people. And their animals. Horrible noise. You ever had something on your body that will not give you peace? You get no, it's noisome. You never get comfort. You never just get relaxation. You are you're tortured. This is what's going to happen. To, and I believe it's going to happen on everybody who has the mark of the beast on them. They are going to suffer by a grievous, noisome sores. Now here it gets worse. Think about this. One. The second one is the whole sea becomes blood. Now it went from one third to now the whole sea. All five of the oceans on the earth are going to turn to blood. And then on top of that. The gulfs and all the seas are going to turn to blood. Can you imagine? Every soul in the sea, it says, is going to die. Then the third one is all the fountains of the waters. Now it's getting to now it's really getting down to the where it hits hard. All the fresh water fountains are going to turn to blood. That's what God said, and people would say that is just too harsh. That's unimaginable. The fresh, you remember when Moses put the plague, which God did it, on the Egyptians in the Nile River, turned to blood? They had to dig in the dirt to get their little water, to get something to drink that was away from their water source. They found it, but it was not in their fresh fountains of water. The beautiful, fresh, clear water fountains are going to be gone. Now look over at chapter 16. Chapter 16. Look at verse 5. This is after the third angel pours out his vial upon the rivers and fountains of waters and they became blood. Look what it says in verse 5. I heard the angel of the waters say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and was and shalt be because Thou hast judged us. He's saying you're righteous for doing this, God. Why? For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets. Thou hast given them blood to drink for they are worthy boy. And I heard another out of the altar say, even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgment. Here's what they're saying to the Lord for what he did. Because man has rejected the love of God, which is in his son. They reject wholesale rejection of the love of God. Now, the fourth one, for uh, time's sake, this one's bad. Great heat. He's going to pour His vial out on the sun and it says it's going to become great heat on the earth and it's going to scorch men with great heat. They are going to be running for the shade. The problem is there's not going to be a whole lot of shade because of the trees are going to be all dying up. It's going to be a rough place to live on this earth. Thank God we won't be here. You know, if you look at chapter 16, because I may not get to this later. But look at chapter verse 9. And men were scorched with great heat and blasphemed the name of God which hath power over these plagues, and they repented not to give Him glory. You think, all oh, this is happening. We better seek the Lord. We better seek the Lord. What do they do instead? They blaspheme His name. And they blame Him for their plight. It's all God. You know, it's the whole problem with humanity. We want to blame God for what we did to His earth. We want to blame God for what we did to our own life and say, it's God's fault. No, if you'd have sought the Lord early, you'd have found Him and oh, how great life could have been. The next one, complete darkness. Now the sun's going to quit shining altogether. Complete darkness over the kingdom of the beast. And this is such a strange darkness, which he's mentioned this just recently. It's a painful darkness. This is a darkness that hurts. They don't grip their teeth. They don't grind their jaws. They gnaw on their tongues because it hurts so bad. And yet, what do they do? With their their breath and their words, I'm going to blame it on God and blaspheme the God of heaven. The next one. The Euphrates River is going to dry up. You say that's interesting. Yes, it is because that's going to open up the whole Asian continent for all-out warfare without any hindrance. Says the kings of the east are going. Man, look how many are in the kings of the east. The Chinese, the Japanese, all of them have easy easy way to come into the promised land. It's going to be all-out war that's going to take place for quick attacks. And then the next one. A giant earthquake. Now this earthquake is so great. It says the cities will be destroyed. The mountains are going to be leveled to the ground. And all the islands are going to flee away throughout the earth. That's an unbelievable earthquake. And and along with the earthquake, it says 100 pound Hellstones are going to fall out of the sky on the kingdom of the beast and all those, the world that followed him. Yet they repented not. You know, everybody's going to be saying, Whoa, whoa is me, whoa is me. And blaspheme in the name of God. now this is this is our message, and really, basically what we're we're trying to rejoice in the fact that we don't have to go through this, but there's people that we know will if they don't get born again. Yeah, right. And we know this to be true. This is the true sayings of God. So if you go back to chapter eight and verse thirteen, you have the three woes. Now, a woe is an exclamation of grief. You ever heard? Alas, when you know in the Bible, there's some places in the Bible where they cry out, "Alas!" That's a that's a uh, a verbal declaration or exclamation of how bad uh, they are, a situation that they are in. Great sorrow, caused by what? Physical pain, emotional pain, and spiritual agony. They're getting it from all sides, and it's a, such a sorrow that all they can cry out is "woe." Is me Such despair will hit men that they will either turn on themselves or turn on other men. It's going to be that bad. That's why it says here in verse 13, "This I heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Why? By reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels which are yet to sound. So let's look at these and this, I'm going to run out of time. Chapter 9, and verse 1. Here's your first woe, and here's your fifth angel sounding the trumpet. The fifth angel sounded, and I saw as a star fall from heaven unto the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit as the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power as the scorpions of the earth had power. Anyone ever been stung by a scorpion? You can relate to this a tiny bit. Okay? These are flying locusts coming out of this, out of hell. Out of the bottomless pit that are going to come and swarm the earth. I mean, it's such a swarm coming out of there. It looks like literal a pillar of smoke. If you've ever gone up to the Bat Cave in Concan, I say you ought to go see it. How many millions of bats come out of there? It's unbelievable. This—what if it was these stinging locusts coming out of hell? You know, and it's gonna—it's it, gonna permeate the whole earth. And I can guarantee you, every person's gonna feel it. Everybody on earth's gonna get stung by these creatures. These are devilish, evil creatures that came out that will come out of hell. They're in there now. Now think about this though. This is not what I've heard. I've heard preaching on this much of my life. They're not attack helicopters. This is not modern warfare. God doesn't need modern warfare to fulfill His prophecies. This is revelation coming to light. These are real creatures that come out of hell for one purpose. To torment men on the earth. To make them say, whoa, I can't take it anymore. I can't take this anymore now what's interesting about these creatures look what it says in verse 4 it was commanded then that they should not hurt the grass of their you know the, the normal locust eats the grass and the leaves and kills all the foliage and the plants not these that's not their purpose neither any green thing neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of god in their forehead boy those who have not had the seal of God in their head, but instead they took the mark of the beast. They are they're prime targets for these things that come. And it says what? It says, And to them was given that they should not kill them. They're not gonna, they didn't come to kill them. They came to sting them and torment them and take away their peace. Five months this is going to take place on the earth. As the torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man, And in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it. You know, this, this five-month period is really unique because nobody's going to die during this time. So you're thinking about two-thirds of the population dying over seven years. Well, during this five months, they're going to want to die and they can't. How interesting and how sad this really is. Men shall seek death. And it says in verse 7, The shapes of the locusts were like unto horses prepared unto battle. And on their heads were, as it were, crowns like gold, and their faces were as the faces of men. And they had hairs, the hair of women, and their teeth was the teeth of lions. Now this is interesting. They have faces of men. When these things are coming at them, and stinging them, and tormenting them, they're going to have the face of a man while they're doing it. Men can show you things that animals can't. There's going to be emotion and feeling and purpose for why they're tormenting them, just like they're doing to these folks in hell right now who ended up in, pit, in the pit because they did not receive the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says they had breastplates as it were breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots of many horses running to battle. They had tails like in the scorpions, and there were stings in their tail, and their power was to hurt men five months. This is is the first woe. They had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. Look what it says. One woe is past. Behold, there come two more woes hereafter. The first woe. How sad this will be. That's the first woe. Now, let's look at the second woe. Now, this is very interesting and unique. The second woe, just look at verse 13. It says the sixth angel sounded. Notice, these woes coincide with these angels that sound their trumpets. So the sixth angel sounded and I heard a voice from the uh, four horns of the golden altar which is before God saying to the sixth angel which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed which were prepared for an hour, and a day, and a month, and a year. What? For to slay the third part of men. Third part of men. Off of this one plague. And the number of the army of the horsemen was 200,000,000, and I heard the number of them. 200 million man army. Now, I've heard this my whole life. This is the kings of the east coming. 200 million man army of the Chinese that you can't stop them they're just going to keep coming no these things come out of hell these, these are creatures that come out. what's really interesting about this is these are creatures riding on creatures that look like horses to do their fighting and they come and these don't come to sting they come to kill one third of the human population is going to die by the, what I call horsemen from hell they're not armored divisions of modern war no these are literal beings that come out of hell can it get any worse than that well for the wicked it can because this is real interesting for the wicked it sure can look at chapter 11 says in verse 3 and i will give power unto my two witnesses and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and three score days. Think about this. And they're clothed in sackcloth. God's going to send two men to the earth. They're going to come from heaven. And we know that they are Elijah and Moses. They are God's two witnesses. These are the olive trees that stand before the God of the earth. And they're there now, but they're coming down to prophesy for a thousand, what does it say? A thousand... Uh, Two hundred and threescore days. Three and a half years they're going to preach to the world. The world's going to try to kill them. And they cannot. They're going to preach. They're going to show all types of signs from heaven. They're going to tell. They're going to pronounce judgment on the kingdom of the beast. Now what I find so fascinating about this is, this is a greater torment to the world than these locusts and these wicked things coming out of hell. They look at a preacher of God as a bigger threat than creatures coming out of hell, because it says they go to make war with these creatures, or with these witnesses. And after their sermons are done, you know, there's nothing worse than getting told you're in sin. You need to repent for two hundred for what three and a half years. And when you know you're not going to and you don't want to, yet they are still in your face doing it. These witnesses are going to be preaching to them. For t- whole earth's going to hate these men. You know, I say, how's the whole earth going to say? Probably through social media. Now, at the end of this, the Bible says God's going to allow the Antichrist to slay these two. They're going to die. They're going to kill them. On the streets of Jerusalem, they're going to lay in the street for three days. They're not going to bury the body, they're not going to move the body. No, what are they going to do instead? A big celebration is going to break out. These preachers from heaven are gone. Now we can go back to sinning again. Now we can go back to what our agenda was. To set up the image of the beast and to worship the dragon like it says in Revelation chapter 13. So they're going to have such a party, they're going to start sending gifts to one another. This is the greatest celebration. Now they didn't celebrate it. It doesn't say they celebrate when the locusts are gone. They don't celebrate when the, the devil horses are gone. They say they celebrate when the preachers are gone. That's how far the world has gotten. They hate God in that much. Now, three days later, unbelievable, these to men. Life's going to enter back into them. Their bodies are going to stand up. And then they're going to hear come up hither from heaven. And they're going to ascend up into heaven before the eyes of the world. And everybody's going to watch it happen. And it says when it, when, it, when it takes place, there's going to be a huge earthquake in Jerusalem. And a tenth of the city is going to fall. 7,000 men are going to die instantaneously. And then those that are left alive, the remnant are going to be looking at and saying, we're going to give glory to God. This is, this is unbelievable. What did we just witness? They're finally going to give glory to God, the remnant that is left in Jerusalem, because of this great act. Now, look at verse 14. The second woe is past. And behold, the third woe cometh quickly. And I'm out of time. But think about this one. This is this is the third woe, and this is really the worst. If you look at chapter 11, verse 15, it says, The seventh angel sounded. There were great voices in heaven, saying, This kingdom of the world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ. He shall reign forever and ever. Basically, Jesus is coming back. Okay? Jesus will return. Now before He returns though, on His way down, something else has taken place that makes this woe so great. And it's found in chapter 12. Now in chapter 12, we find that Satan is going to go to war against Michael and his angels. And Satan's going to lose. And Satan's going to be cast out of heaven, cast down to the earth, and he's going to have something. It's it's horrible. Look at verse twelve. We'll just go to twelve for the sake of time. It says therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell. Can you imagine living in a place where there's no devil and there's no wicked people? Even even the heavens themselves are no longer. He's not he's not there anymore. Rejoice! It's over. It's over. Amen. But. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. Why? For the devil has come down unto you having great wrath, because he knoweth what? He hath but a short time. The third woe is the devil coming down and being confined to the earth, knowing I'm out of time. I'm going to attack with the greatest vengeance I've ever attacked humanity. He's going to try to slaughter Israel. He's going to try to have full genocide on the nation of Israel. He's going to try to kill anyone that believes on Jesus Christ or the true God. And He's going to wreak havoc on all of humanity. That's why it says it comes very quickly because Satan knows I've had just a short, short time. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. And everyone's going to be saying, woe is me. And then Jesus comes. You know, this is all setting up for the battle of Armageddon. And when Jesus returns, rather than repenting, it says in chapter 6 that everybody's crying out saying, I want the mountains and the rocks and the cave. I want to hide in a cave from the face of God. I don't want Him. I I just want to be killed. Just have something fall on me and take my life away rather than me having God rule over me. This is all found in Psalm chapter 1. They will not have Him rule over then, I'm sorry, Psalm chapter 2 now this is really something now whoa, whoa, whoa! when I look at the book of Revelation uh, it opens up with the seven seals being opened at the beginning of the trib they're going to go all the way throughout the, all these plagues are going to take place all throughout the trib at the midpoint these trumpet judgments are going to take place they're going to commence throughout the second half of the tribulation period. So as the seal judgments are taking place, so are the trumpet judgments taking place. And then you have the seven thunder judgments coming in between there and the end. And then towards the very end, the vile judgments will be poured out. And that's why people will be down at the end of it saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. You say, this is too harsh. You have to understand. They have rejected the love of God. They rejected his son. He gave them every opportunity yet they will not repent. Now let's look at a couple of verses here. I want to say this before we finish. God's people do not endure the wrath of God. We're not appointed under wrath. And there is no condemnation of those that are in Christ Jesus. We get removed from these things. It's a beautiful thing. Jesus took the judgment for us. So when you receive Christ as your Savior, you bypassed the judgment fell on Him for your sake. Therefore, you are redeemed and you are saved. The church will be raptured before and taken to heaven before any of this will happen. You know, and it's interesting. We could, if I wish we'd had so much more time on this. It says the name was in their head. And so God's people on the tribulation are going to be marked. And God knows who they are. And these these devils that come out of hell, they see these marks. They don't strike God's people. They strike those that have the mark of the beast. They don't kill God's people. They kill those that took the mark of the beast. You know what they did? They chose Satan over Christ. That's what they did. They chose Satan and his son over God and his son. We are not appointed unto wrath. But what? To obtain mercy through Jesus Christ. And God's mercy is so great. I, I tried to say a little of that this morning. His judgments are so righteous. He did everything He can to draw men unto Him. To... Get the love of God rather than the judgment of God. That's why it says in Romans two four, the love of God leadeth thee to repentance. It's supposed to draw you to Him in the goodness of God to make them repent. Well, if they don't repent from that, then they're going to get some punishment and some bad things happen, and that ought to lead them to God. But it does not. Look at chapter 9. Let's just look at this. Verse 20. Now this is after 200 million men, whatever it is, army comes out of hell on the earth and kills one third of the men. The two thirds that are remaining, you would think they'd all seek the Lord. No. They didn't seek the Lord, did they? Look what it says in verse 20. The rest of the men which were killed not by these plagues, what did they do? They repented of their sin and they got right with God. And God received them. No! It's crazy. It's the opposite. What did they do? They repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk. Neither repented they of their murders, nor their sorceries, nor their fornication, nor their thefts. They said we're not giving it up for anything. Now go over to chapter 16. We're not giving it up for anything and we're not giving it up for God. Verse 10, The fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seed of the beast and his kingdom was full of darkness and they gnawed their tongues for pain and blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and what repented not of their deeds we learned this now I noticed this back when 9-11 hit America and how life changing that was and it changed the world and I watched it I did not see one person repent I did not see one person say boy we better get right with God Except for God's people, who already were saved, said we better start thinking. Not one lost person said, you know, we might have made God upset. You know, when these hurricanes hit and wiped out whole coastlines, do the people, you see them on TV saying, boy, we better get right with God. I think He means business right now. No, they don't. They never even think of God anymore. I'm telling you, no repentance. When the drought's hit, they don't seek the Lord. When the riots are taking place all over America, are they seeking the Lord? No, you know what they're doing? And they will be blaspheming God at all time high. Blaming Him instead of repentance. And so this is why I'm saying it. All that is left is woe. All that is left is woe. And the smart ones will say, I think God means what he says in his word. Amen. Right. I will seek the Lord while he may be found. And Jesus said, it says in Isaiah, Come unto me, all ye ends of the earth, and be ye saved, saith the Lord. Everybody, come unto me, and be ye saved. So God's people see these days approaching and these things coming soon. And uh, I love it because we will not be caught as a thief in the night, we will not be caught off guard. We will not be judged in sorrow as others who have no hope. And none of us ought to be saying, woe is me. Because you have the Lord Jesus Christ as your You have the God of heaven as your God. You should never be caught saying, woe is me. Now you may get some sorrows. You may go through some troubles. But you don't have this. None of us do. We are blessed Amen. with the truth. We're blessed with the knowledge of God. And boy, that'll get you going all the way to the end. That'll keep you going all the way to the end. That will help you persist and persevere all the way to the end. And you will remain faithful unto death. Amen. Amen. All right, let's bow our heads. Thank you. I love it because any sorrow we do have ought to turn to joy and turn us to Him. Jesus said, You shall weep and lament, and the world shall rejoice. And you'll be sorrowful. I love this though. Jesus said, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. And be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Amen. Now, these things are true. These things are coming very, very soon. And like I said, I, n- I did no justice to this whatsoever. Just maybe get us thinking. How serious God is when we deal with Him. And I ask you tonight, as we have the invitation, deal with the Lord. I'm sorry I went late. Luke 21, 28 said this. When you see all these things happening, you can can express and say, boy, this is bad. You can express and say, these are troublesome times. You can express these things, but Jesus said when you see these things beginning to come to pass, then look ye up. Why? Look up. Your redemption draweth nigh. Get ready. And the Bible says, as you see the day approaching, we're to admonish one another daily. Admonishing one another. Hey, let's let's finish this for God. Let's finish it with God. And our faith will become sight. I'll pray and we'll have an invitation. Father, I pray that God's help us to just consider. Thanking Thee for sparing us of the judgment of God. Thanking Thee for Thy Son who became that curse for us on the tree. and Help us to have fear for those who will not fear for themselves. And to do all that we can. Those that are struggling. Someday they'll be enduring the, the judgments and the woes unless they get saved. And Lord, I pray, if anyone's here tonight, not born again, not ready, not a true Christian, I pray that they'd be saved before it's everlasting too late. I ask that thou do thy work in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.